Choo-choo, check, check. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yo, 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 yo. What is good? What's happening, homies? It's been a while. It's been too long. Uh, what it is, what it do. How we doing? How are you? You are tuned in to the Puro Caballero Show. This is number episode, episode number 102. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, words are hard sometimes, but uh, I'm here to talk for a bit longer than that. All right, man. Uh, this is your host, man. Uh, you know who it is. It's your boy, Puro Caballero, a.k.a. Mario Caballero, a.k.a. I should probably do it another way, but uh, B.K.A. Uh, Pickle Puro, a.k.a. The Motley Foo, uh, a.k.a. Tree Trevino, uh, the Quarantine Quetzalcoatl, what else? Hispanic Heisenberg, Fart LeBeau. I got a list of these. Schoolboy Fifu. Call me Drugs Bunny. Senor Fabuloso. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Um, but yeah, we're here. This is episode 102. Uh, we're back. Uh, it's been a few weeks. And yeah, glad to be able to talk to you guys. I uh, had some technical difficulties yesterday. I was supposed to do this podcast last night, but uh, my internet didn't want to cooperate. Um, yeah, I blame Spectrum, but uh, anyway, we're here live now. We're doing it now, so we're here. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff to get into, <laughs> a lot of craziness going on in the world of entertainment, uh, a lot of sporting news has happened this last month, NFL playoffs have been rolling right along, and yeah, we're here to break it all down, man. Um, I got a list of things I want to talk about. Let's get into it, shall we? Um, first off, first off, first off, first off, first off, my favorite football team, the Las Vegas Raiders have had themselves quite a, uh, tumultuous few weeks. Uh, <laughs> if you've been paying attention, uh, last time we spoke, they had, uh, regular season was still finishing up. They had not played week 18 yet at that point. And boy, oh boy, did they have themselves quite a contest against the, uh, Los Angeles, excuse me. I was going to say San Diego. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you had to close out the the season. Winner goes home, or lo- winner goes to the playoffs. Loser goes home. If they would have tied, they would have both made the playoffs. So it was a whole bunch of controversy because the game ended up going to overtime. Ended up going all the way to the final ticks of overtime, where eventually the Raiders were able to win on a walk off field goal. Uh, a lot of craziness going on in that game. Justin Herbert throwing the ball all over the field, but uh, the Raiders were able to prevail they made the playoffs they were able to get the sixth seed in uh this uh longest nfl season of all times 18 games 18 week season 17 game regular season 
They expanded the playoffs, so now there were seven teams in each conference that made it. So the Raiders were lucky enough to be able to one of those seven teams in the AFC, which uh, got them a first-round matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, which surprisingly took their division. They won the AFC North, and uh, they got a lot of good young talent there on offense. Uh, Joe Burrow, Joey B, that man, he, that man's a gunslinger. I could do some modern, I don't know, Barv. I don't know. I don't know what the comparison is, but that man can toss it. So, yeah, the Bengals ended up uh, matching up against the Raiders, and they actually had um, quite an interesting first-round matchup. Unfortunately, the Raiders did fall on the losing end of that one. But uh, to be honest with you, every year as a Raider fan, I always ask that the team get to 500, and then anything they can do better than that is just gravy on top, right? So, So this past year, they got to 10 wins, made the playoffs, which is only the second time since 2002 that they've made the playoffs all right this is very few and far between uh these playoff appearances for the raiders team so i was very happy that got to happen Derek Carr got to play in his first playoff game of his career so so i'm glad that happened um all this is on the backs of all the drama that was going on with the team they had an interim head coach and rich basaccia who was a special teams coordinator to start the season um they're two of their number one draft picks from the last couple years uh, Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett got cut off the team because of some legal troubles that they got into. Uh, Ruggs, well reported, he got just drunk driving accident, ended up killing somebody in in, in the wreck. And Damon Arnett was threatening to kill somebody on Twitter, <laughs> flashing guns. Uh, he eventually got picked up by Kansas City, and then just today, just yesterday, he got released. <laughs> so again, uh, apparently he had an altercation with a valet attendant in Las Vegas and. Had a weapon so uh yeah the man's got some legal troubles uh to say the least so yeah that uh all that went down and the team somehow some way was able to win the last four games of the regular season to be able to make the playoffs which was surprising because the team was six and seven and i had written them off completely it was just like there's no chance this team is going to make it but hey lo and behold they ended up pulling through made the playoffs and you know Honestly, considering everything that happened, they exceeded my expectations. So even though they, they lost a couple weeks ago, um, overall, I'm still I'm still on the positive edge of uh, looking at this team in the future. There's a lot of warts. There's a, the problems. There's different things that can happen um, that uh, need to be fixed uh, in the future into the next season. Um, a lot of question marks are going to remain with the roster, even with the, uh, um, the leadership in the organization. They ended up letting go of uh, Mike Mayock, who was the general manager, who was, uh, you know, hand in hand working with John Gruden to kind of put the roster together. So he's gone. He's out of the he's out of there. Um, and right now they don't have a head coach. So we'll see what, how that goes and we'll see who they end up picking up. I've been reading a lot of uh, rumors recently that they're looking to get maybe Josh McDaniels, who's been the offensive coordinator with the Patriots for a while, which I'm like kind of lukewarm about. He had not so great of a tenure when he went to Denver um, and was the Broncos head coach. He's been on the Patriots for a while. A lot of those Patriots guys who branch off and ended up becoming head coaches haven't had the greatest success. I think Bill O'Brien's the, the the best out of all the guys that have uh, come back so far. Brian Flores, I thought he did all right with uh, Miami. Didn't end up getting fired this year and had some personal problems with what was going on. But uh, yeah, man. Um, Raiders ended up falling to the Bengals. He lost by a touchdown. It was uh, an interesting game. Um, 
Yeah, man, it was uh, Raiders should have been able to put a little bit more pressure on Burrow and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that uh, the Bengals team's got a pretty solid offense. I'm not gonna lie, they everything except for the offensive line because Burrow does take a lot of hits. And the uh, last week <laughs> they got a victory against the Tennessee Titans, which was the number one seed in the AFC. They made that upset and. Burrow was the first quarterback in NFL history to get sacked nine times and still win the game. So, uh, yeah, they they got some protection issues, but uh, they're talented everywhere else. I mean, the quarterback, the running back, they got Joe Mixon, who's you know a very capable running back. Um, they've got three good receivers. Jamar Chase might be rookie of the year. You got um, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So those are three really solid receivers that you got on the outside and quarterback who's willing to try to get them the ball, you know? And, man, uh, <laughs> he's a gunslinger, like I said. Like, man, yeah, he's exciting. He's going to be a very good quarterback for the Bengals for the, for the foreseeable future, as long as he's able to remain healthy. We know uh, last his uh, rookie year last year, he got cut short because he had an ACL tear. So um, he's come back and has played, honestly, way better than I anticipated coming off of that injury and having a bit of a young roster, too. But, uh, you know, their defense, they did enough. They were missing a couple guys in the middle, which I thought the Raiders would have been able to take advantage of. They had some injuries in middle of the game that uh, may have been, you know, conducive to running the ball, but the Raiders were down in that at that point, so it was like it's a little difficult. They kind of couldn't rely on the run game as much as maybe they had planned on coming into the game. So, um, in any event, there's been a lot of crazy NFL action that week. Actually, the Raiders Bengals game was like the only one that was that entertaining, to be honest with you, because everything after that week was like. After that game was like pretty so-so. It was like not a lot of close competitive matchups. Um, I think the Niners Dallas game was the only other one that kind of came up close to to that. But that was because the uh, Cowboys were playing so horrible at the beginning of the game, and they tried to make a comeback late, which uh, ended up coming a little bit short. But uh, but hey, it is what it is, man. But uh, those Niners, those Niners are coming up pretty clutch right now. They uh, they. Gave an upset against the Dallas Cowboys, and then they also upset the Green Bay Packers, which were the number one team in the NFC. They beat them in Lambeau Field. They're able to hold Aaron Rodgers to only ten points that game, which was pretty crazy. The uh, Rodgers looks like he was trying to force feed Devontae Adams, and it was just a lot. A lot of shit was just not happening for him, and he's taken a lot of flack on the internet the last week. Uh, a lot of shit talking has been happening. All the trolls have been coming out out the woodworks. And what have you, but uh, yeah, man, Niners moving on. They're in the NFC Championship game. They'll be playing tomorrow. Uh, by the time you hear this, they may have won. They may have lost. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, Niners been doing well. Let's see what else we got. The uh, the LA Rams. They beat the Cardinals in round one. Kyler Murray did not look like he stepped up, um, and looks like the Cardinals are still missing a couple pieces there. Um, Besides the fact that they had some injuries, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing. J.J. Watt had just gotten back from his, uh, let's say it was like a shoulder injury. I can't quite remember exactly which, what his injury specifically was. But he had just gotten back, so he wasn't getting full game action and what have you. And then he had missed a lot of time. So um, he wasn't able to play quite as many snaps as you might expect or hope for. But uh, yeah, so the Rams, they beat them. And then they got a victory. In Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, which looks like it might be his last game. Um, earlier today, they announced that he would be retiring from the NFL. 
after what was it 22 seasons like he said he was going to play till 45 and he got to age 44 so that's very very close to what he predicted there's apparently some controversy they don't know specifically if he's going to retire or not 100 percent because uh, he hasn't informed i guess the buccaneers at this point um so <laughs> yeah it's crazy what's up Valix? we doing this podcast man uh, shout out to him. I'll be rating Zach at some point once he gets up and popping. I know he's going to be running a stream later on tonight. So shout out to Four Color Zach. Give that motherfucker a follow if you haven't already. Um, yeah, y'all know the fucking vibes. Um, so yeah, <laughs> talking a little football talk. Um, or was I? The Rams. Yeah, Buccaneers. Oh yeah, Tom Brady retiring. Um, that man was losing receivers and weapons all towards the end of the season, last half of the season. Leonard Fournette was like their star player, running back, uh, big big part of their offense. He missed about a month's time towards the end of the year too, and uh, yeah, I can understand why he might want to retire. If you look at the state of the roster, they're like, yeah, maybe they won't be as good enough to compete for a Super Bowl into the next year. Team was kind of put together a little bit with uh, the roster was kind of put together on a lot of one year contracts. People trying to you know barely hold it together under the salary cap in terms of making sure people are paid adequately and whatnot they had a lot of talent they had a lot of veteran players that uh that might get paychecks elsewhere so we'll see what happens man we'll see what happens with the buccaneers because it's like if brady retires and gronkowski probably will t- retire too bruce arians their head coach is uh you know kind of towards the end of his coaching career as well that man was coaching the last like few weeks of the season with the partially torn achilles heel so like bro <laughs> he had an ice pack on his on his uh ankle like the whole game just hobbling around the the sidelines and even with that he was still smacking players upside the helmet (laughs) yeah 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 so it was crazy it was wild but uh there's gonna be some changes there with the buccaneers going into next season so we'll see what happens but uh they very nearly pulled off the comeback of the season though because it was crazy like the bucks rams game that happened last week the rams were blowing them out and Basically gave them every single opportunity, every chance possible to make a comeback. And they very, very closely almost did it. Because it was, uh, what was it? They, they were up like 24 to 3 or 20 to 3, something like that. And they had the ball driving at the end of the half. And their running back fumbled it. And basically, they would have got at least three points, maybe seven, so they could have gone up to 27, I think it was 27 to three at halftime, 27 some, yeah, so then, or was it 17, did they have 17? Regardless, they almost scored a touchdown at halftime, and then Buccaneers came back, and then they scored like 10 straight points, and then uh, from that point, they were able to tie things up at towards the end of the, the game. My memory's failing me now, it's been a week this happened but uh the ending was insane like the fact that matt stafford was able to hit cooper cup on that deep throw they were able to come down clock it and kick a game winning field goal as time expired was pretty pretty remarkable so that was uh that was an exciting game stafford's been playing pretty you know improved but man that guy cooper cup is fucking unbelievable they got odell beckham working now too so Rams looking pretty pretty tough. Um, the one thing they can't do right now is run the ball super effectively. They got the guy Cam Akers, who they were t- anticipating to be their starter at the beginning of the year. He's uh, he had just gone back from injury. He had I think he tore his Achilles too, which was like fucking ridiculous that he came back in like seven months from an Achilles injury, which is like 
that's one of those where it's like nine to 12 months is usually what you're looking at. And so he, he came back really uh, a lot faster than anticipated. So uh, yeah, man. So that ended up happening. Um, but yeah, so cam cam is back for them. So that's an addition to talent, but like, you know, he didn't rush very effectively. He had like 20 some carries for like under 70 yards last game. So we'll see how that plays out. I know the Niners, they, uh, they have a pretty good defense themselves, so because it's going to be the Rams and Niners, going to be NFC West matchup here for uh, see who makes it to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. So, yeah, Rams be able to make a couple wins. Um, I think on the AFC side right now we got Bengals versus the Chiefs. As I mentioned, the Bengals beat Ken Tennessee last week. Uh, they had Derrick Henry coming back off an injury, and he wasn't able to get going. And Man, Tannehill, not so great of a performance, man. Like, yeah, Titans, I don't know. I don't know how they're feeling about shit, but uh, it's wild. It's wild times. Um, what else is happening, really? Um, so, yeah. Oh, I got to talk about that Chiefs-Bills game that happened last week because that was fucking ridiculous, man. Kansas City. Ugh. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That was fucking... I didn't get to watch the whole game. I was busy at the time. <laughs> I had uh, left to go do an open mic at the Hollywood Improv, which I was able to get called up for, which was nice. So I got to perform at the uh, the small stage, the the Improv Lab that they have, the little side room there at the Hollywood Improv on Melrose. If, uh, if you haven't been, go. There's a lot of good acts and a lot of great shows that have been putting on there. Um, a lot of cool celebrity uh comics that be coming through they're a well-established name you know y'all know what the fucking improv is but uh yeah i got to perform there for the first time so that was cool but at the same time i was going back and forth from like the room where they have the open mic to like a bar area where they had the tv on and when i'm watching the tv the tv is like five to seven minutes real time behind what was actually happening so I was like trying to watch the end of the fourth quarter, but I was looking at my phone, getting like seeing the updates, going like, "Oh shit, they this is the, the score kept changing." The last couple minutes it was insane. There was three lead changes and a tie that ended up happening. Fucking crazy. So Josh Allen played one of the games of his life. Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns in the game, which is like a record in the playoffs. Something Jay Rice has never done. Earl Owens never did that. Like. Randy Moss never did that. Like he got four touchdowns in a football game. So um Bills took the lead. Chiefs came back, took the lead. Bills took the lead again with 13 seconds left on the clock. Man, now at that point you think it's over. It's done. There's no chance whatsoever. Wrong. You cannot count out this damn Patrick Mahomes team, man. This fucking oh my god. It's so annoying. It's so annoying how good they are. And like they're just they just won't die, man. They just won't go man. So it's frustrating, man. But that's all to them. They had to pull it off, man. They hit uh Tyreek Evans and then uh Kelsey. Travis Kelsey for a couple passes that got them like forty nine yards on two plays, like Bro, <laughs> you have 13 seconds left, man. Come on. Come on, bro. How are you going to, how are you going to fucking, 
Bill's defense, man. Come on. Just one time, man. Just one time. They got their kicker, Bucker, in field goal range, and he ended up nailing it, sending it up over time. Chiefs won the coin toss. They came down. They scored a touchdown on a Kelsey, uh, um, a short route on the right side, a little fade route. So, ah, tough break, man. Tough break the way it ended. But uh, somebody who doesn't want to see the Chiefs advance, so it's gonna be tough, man. It might be, it might be a rematch of the Super Bowl like two years ago. It might be Niners and Kansas City again. I got to root for the Niners again, man. So, yeah, hopefully I'm rooting for the Bengals this week, man. Burrow, do it, bro. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it, man. They, uh, this is a rematch of a game that happened uh, about a month ago. Kansas, week 17, Kansas City was playing in Cincinnati, and the Bengals ended up winning that game eventually, uh, which uh, clinched them their, their playoff berth, and they won their division in that uh, that matchup. So, uh Hopefully we get a, a same result. It's going to be tough. Uh, Kansas City's playing at home now. Mahomes like almost never loses in the playoffs. I think he's only lost to two teams. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little rough. So, lost in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers last year, and then he lost to the Patriots three years ago <laughs> in the championship game. Yeah, won the Super Bowl two years ago. And uh, he is really hard. His teams are really fucking hard to beat. They are still really fucking good. Um, they were this year. They kind of struggled a little bit. They didn't play as super, uh, super well to begin the year, and what have you. But they've, uh, they've, hey man, it's typical KC shit, man. They're they're right here until the end of the season, and they're looking pretty tough. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that that kind of shakes down. Um, I don't want to give no predictions, but I will. I'll call it. I'll call. Uh, we'll say it's a rematch of the what was it, eighty-two Super Bowl, Bengals and Niners. I will call that. I'll call. I'll. I'll uh, put that on the underdogs. Um, nah, actually, let's go Bengals Rams. Let's go Bengals Rams. Let's do it that way. Because it's Los Angeles. We'll see what happens, man. If they have a home team. In the Super Bowl, I know Tampa Bay did it last year. Can the Rams do it this year? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like seeing Stafford uh, have some success here in Los Angeles, and I like, I like Cup and what he's doing. Um, so, shout out to uh, Andrew Whitworth. He's like, if Brady retires, he is now the oldest player in the NFL. So, like, he's like forty something, maybe forty one, playing left tackle. Um, I know he missed last game, so we'll see if he plays uh, tomorrow. But uh, yeah, man, shit's wild. Shit is fucking wild out here. NFL action's going down. So we will see what happens in the Super Bowl. Um, I think we're going to be housing a little party, a little get together, a little shindig over here in LA. So if, uh, if you're a friend of mine, hit me up and uh, I'll send you some details about that shit. But uh, yeah, man, uh, should be going down. Um, football news, man. Football crazy. NFL. NFL's wild. Um, a lot of shit going on off the field too. The NFL coaching carousel has been continuing. There's a lot of different coaches have already been hired. Some GMs have been hired as well too. I know. Um, let's see. It was like the Jaguars. Um, who else? Uh, the Saints. Sean Payton ended up retiring recently. They're looking for a head coach. Houston Texans were looking for a head coach. The Raiders were looking for a head coach. 
Um, let's see. The Broncos already hired somebody. They had Nathaniel Hackett, who was offensive coordinator with the Packers. Let's see. The uh, the Giants just hired Brian Dayball, who was offensive coordinator with the Bills, who was very highly touted. Um, let me see who else. Let's see. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Bears got Matt Eberflus, who was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. They got Ryan Poles as their general manager, too. Let's see who else we got. Vikings got a new general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Texans still haven't hired somebody, but it looks like Josh McCown is like a big uh, strong candidate there. I know Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, he's gotten some interviews. Raiders right now, they've interviewed a few different people. They're trying to interview Josh McDaniels, as I mentioned. Gerard Mayo, who's the inside linebackers coach for the Patriots, he's also been interviewed. Todd Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers this last year, he's been interviewed as well. So we'll see what happens. They're they're going through trying to find a uh, general manager also too. So there's a lot of a lot of question question marks there. But Miami needs a head coach. Let's see. Vikings still need a head coach. Um, Steelers need a general manager. Their guy just retired. Um, so yeah, there's a few few coaches still uh, coaching spots still to go around. So uh, we'll see what happens, yes. But as I mentioned, Sean Payton did retire after 15 seasons, uh, won a Super Bowl with uh, Drew Brees uh, down in Miami. It was a pretty epic performance that they had there at that game. But uh, he was one of the more uh, solid, polished NFL head coaches, one of the best offensive minds uh, around in recent memory. His teams were routinely in the top 10 on offense, and uh, he's a big part of that. Drew Brees also was a big, uh, big part of that as well too. So yeah, um, a lot of inf interesting stuff going on in the uh, off the field stuff for the NFL. But um, let's see. You let's go to the uh, hard top, shall we? Switch over to the NBA. Some more news been going on. We're almost halfway through the season here. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff has been going on. <laughs> The Warriors are still hot. They're still going crazy. And they just got Klay Thompson back a couple weeks ago. He made his season debut. And he's been back balling, doing his thing. So, I mean, the Warriors are full strength. We'll see how they do. I think they're still missing James Wiseman. So, even without him, they've been doing pretty decent, man. So, we'll see how that happens. But uh, he's back. Uh, I know the Lakers have still been struggling. They've been playing around 500 ball with uh, Anthony Davis out of the lineup. He just came back recently. Um, LeBron has had some good games, but also has had some so-so performances. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the Lakers. There's uh, rumors that uh, Frank Vogel might be on the hot seat as the uh, head coach. He might get fired even though he won a championship a couple years ago. So it's like... The Lakers, man, they don't play around, man. If you ain't producing, man, just get out of here, bro. So, some of it is like pretty predictable, and considering what their roster looks like, got a lot of old guys, a lot of dudes who are veterans who might be asking for minutes, who maybe 
on this roster and maybe don't necessarily deserve them. So you got the whole Russell Westbrook conundrum playing point guard. The man can't shoot. The man makes bad decisions on offense, but he does play hard. So it's like you do kind of want him. But if you bench him, then it's like, what does messages that send to your team? So Vogel benched him a couple games ago down the stretch. I think they ended up winning, but like still there's questions about, you know, his fit on the team. Should he even be playing in the fourth quarter? Should he even be starting? Like, there's a lot of shit going on. So, um, yeah, I guess Frank Vogel's on the hot seat. You know, um, we're almost a week away from the NBA trade trade deadline, so there's been a lot of rumors going on there. The biggest news is involving Ben Simmons with the Sixers. He's been sitting out the whole season, pouting and moody, and <laughs> trying to play hardball with the Sixers, trying to get him his ass traded and moved out of town, but... So far, the offers haven't come in where they've uh, Sixers and Daryl Morey have been interested in actually entertaining him and moving him. My favorite team, the Sacramento Kings, they've been, you know, linked to Ben Simmons for a while now. They've been putting feelers out there, trying to see what they could do in terms of uh, improving their roster and maybe getting the guy in the building. But uh, the team itself, they've been like so-so. They've been kind of disappointing the last month or two. I know they got uh, uh, interim head coach at the moment because uh, Alvin Gentry is now, he's been leading the team since uh, Luke Walton got canned. And even, I mean, there's not, it hasn't been that big of a difference in terms of how they've uh, performed there. But um, yeah, the rumors is involving De'Aaron Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, two of their young guards. And, De'Aaron Fox has had himself a bit of a down season this year. His shooting, his numbers have not been that great. So there's rumors that he might be like the centerpiece involved with the package going back over to Philly. But since then, the Kings have like apparently told him and his side, uh, De'Aaron Fox's representatives, that they're going to build around him and that they want him to be the centerpiece for the franchise moving forward, which... Coming into this year, I was very much on board with. Now coming in like after halfway through the season, I'm kind of like, no, oh, we really want to like make this guy like the number one, a one player on the team. Considering some of his faults, and I don't know if he's improved as much as maybe some people might have thought he would have been. Um, I thought he might have had a chance to take a leap and get himself in conversations for maybe being like all star level at the very least. But uh, I know he's got the physical tools and the talent to do that, but he just hasn't been able to put it out on the court. And yeah, there's so there's rumors that the team was interested, but now recently, apparently, Philly's been asking for too much from the Kings, so they're no longer really pursuing that trade um, with Ben Simmons at the moment. So will he get traded? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think the likelihood is that if he gets moved, it's going to be in the off season, and he's just going to have to sit out the rest of the whole year and. Joel Embiid is having himself an MVP type of season, and it might be for not nothing, right? Not might be for not, man, because if they're not able to improve the roster, then that's going to hurt them. And I don't know if they got enough weapons to match up with some of these teams in the East, man, because still got Milwaukee. Nats are still there even without their guys. Kyrie only playing half the games or whatever. Um yeah, Cleveland's been the surprise team. I haven't watched enough of them to give myself a, give them an assessment honestly from my end, but 
they've been pretty playing pretty well. I know the Bulls have still been in the thick of things, even with some of the injuries they've had with some of their guards. I know Alex Caruso is going to be gone for a few, few, uh, maybe two months now with the wrist injury off of like a kind of cheap play from Grayson Allen, which is not the first time I mentioned this, and it's not the first time he's done some shady shit on the court. So Grayson, what the fuck? What are you doing, bro? But uh. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to compete necessarily this year with uh, the way their roster looks at the moment. But Embiid, man, he's he's been putting his team on the back, and he's been balling out. So uh, props to him for sure. Um, he's, I think, exceeded expectations from when he was drafted. And um, considering his injury history and everything that's happened, I don't know if even Sixers fans would admit that they anticipated him being this this nice this early. So... So yeah, that's uh, that'll be interesting. We'll see if Simmons gets moved. If not, then oh well, another six months of rumors, trade rumors for this guy, man. Freaking ridiculous, crazy shit. But um, what else is happening? What else is happening? Yeah, I don't know. De'Aaron Fox on the move. I don't know if that'd be this Kings team. It's like mm. frustrating, frustrating. They lost by once as Philly today, so. Yeah, I hope they get as close to the 10 seed, but pff, chance they might not even make that, man. It's been like fucking forever, man, since they made the playoffs, and it's kind of rough, man. The, I 16 seasons now, I uh, can't even make top eight, top eight seed, and uh, oh man, the Kings, man. What are you, what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? What are you going to do? Be better, guys. Come on. Just be better. Be better than better than this. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't look like that Marvin Bagley pick ended up turning out to be what they needed him to be. Mm, the fact that Luca went after him. Mm, still, I'm still mad about this. I'm still mad about that. Anyway, anyway, what else happening? What else going on? Let's go over to UFC fight news, man. Because uh, let's get into some some MMA and some boxing news. Because uh, man, there was uh, a couple fights that have happened in the start of the year. UFC 270 just happened last weekend, and that was a pretty exciting card. Considering uh, it was, most people thought it was a little thin for the pay per view for like the prelims, but the card ended with uh two very interesting fights. So Davis and Figueiredo able, able to get the belt back from Brandon Moreno. I was rooting for Moreno. But um yeah, Figue Figueiredo looked like he was just focused in there. Came in. Uh traditionally he's had issues uh making weight at that one twenty five pound limit uh for the little guys. But he came in at 124 pounds, so he was, you know, in good shape. He was, you know, eating healthy and training, training hard. He had moved his training camp from Brazil over to Arizona, so he was preparing with Henry Cejudo and his team out there. And it looks like they really helped him out quite a bit in terms of just getting physically able to fight um, at that level. And skill-wise it looked like he was a lot more patient in there um it did seem like moreno was had a little bit more pop than figueredo had 
but uh, Figgy did a good job of uh, mixing it up, and and it wasn't he did Moreno wasn't able to land as many strikes on him as as in the previous fights that he's had. So um, so yeah, they've had they fought three times. They're one one and one. So I'm anticipating there's going to be a fourth fight. Who knows if there's going to be another challenger in the interim? Because the this matchup has kind of taken over that whole flyweight division for the last like year and a half now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Moreno, I don't think looked that bad in the matchup, but Figueroa, I think, it was just like another level above him at that night. So um, we'll see what uh, both guys ended up responding with when we move forward and how that that all takes place. But uh, yeah, the the main event though, the main main event that was the one that had a lot of eyeballs: Cyril Gan versus Francis Ngannou. So you had the Interim heavyweight champion versus the the belt holder, the actual champ in Ngannou. And this fight, coming into the fight, there was so much controversy going on. Number one, Francis was on the last fight of his contract with the UFC. So there was a chance that if he lost, he might become a free agent. And then therefore, maybe sign with another organization. Could have gone to Bellator, 1FC, what have you. Go box, do whatever. That was on the table. Um the reason he got to the end of his contract without getting it renewed like it typically does for the UFC is because he is represented by CAA, Creative Artists Agency, I want to say, something like that. Um, and the deb- and the UFC is owned by WME, William Morris Endeavor, right? So they're competing groups, right? And the way that Nganu uh and his representatives were were negotiating with the ufc they were kind of demanding a little bit more of a fair contract and data don't play that shit right they're a hardball negotiators like through and through so the ufc's like uh they were kind of a bit of a hard ass when uh, it comes to to negotiating this kind of stuff so francis was like all right well i'll just uh pursue free agency and then we'll go from there but um the UFC has this weird thing clause in their contract called the champions clause. So like if you're at the end of your contract, but you're the belt holder, the UFC still has the right for another fight. Apparently now, apparently there's details in the contract that Francis's side has read. And according to their knowledge, they believe that if he was champion, so like he won the fight. So, so he's remaining champion the championship clause is in effect apparently that only applies for the next calendar year so if he wants to wait it out all the way until next spring or next early 2023 then according to his side they could become free agents and go pursue contracts with any organization or go do anything else but uh we'll see if it comes to that or if we see if the ufc decides to pony up and pay some money for francis because uh Man, now what a shame. What a shame it would be if UFC and, and, and Ganu's sides can't get on the same page, man. Because Francis is one of the most interesting athletes that the UFC's ever had. Like his his backstory is insane. The fact that he came grew up in Cameroon, was working in like the the sand mines, and eventually immigrated, got his way to Europe, was uh a poor immigrant in France, eventually Found MMA, the tra- the guy who trained Cyril Gaon also used to train Francis. So he was in that camp and they used to be sparring teammates. So they sparred with each other coming up. 
and eventually Francis got popping, and he lost to Stipe, and and then he left that camp and decided to go to I guess Extreme Couture I think is the name of the camp in Las Vegas. So he was uh, working with a, a couple new trainers, which uh, it looks like it's worked out for him. I don't know. I don't know. I can, so hard to say, but uh, Cyril, he, he rose up the ranks. He joined the UFC, uh, shot up really quick, looked pr- really impressive against a lot of the heavyweight opponents. And the last two years is really, you know, sh- his star has just really shined, shone bright. So I remember seeing him a while back thinking like this guy could definitely compete for a UFC, UFC belt at some point and it happened sooner than later. Um, eventually he got an interim shot because Francis <laughs> last year he got the belt from uh, Stipe. He finally got that rematch and finally beat him. So he became champion and then UFC kind of played hardball with him and he wanted to fight John Jones at that point. John Jones wanted to fight him. That fell through. And then he, I guess, was playing a little hardball and like didn't want to take these matchups necessarily. So the UFC was like, all right, fuck it. We'll do an interim belt, which was kind of a, a shot and like throwing shade his way. So they give Cyril Gotten the chance. He gets the victory. He gets the interim belt. And then that created the matchup that happened last week. Right? So eventually it was going to be you know, for the the outright UFC champion uh, championship uh, for heavyweight division, so that ended up happening. And man, so the way it it took place and the way it went down was not at all. I think what most MMA fans would have anticipated, right? Um, number one, Francis came out with two knee sleeves, so people were thinking that some shit's up, something's happening. Um, Number two, Gan was winning the fight at the beginning. It looked like he had his distance and his timing down a lot better for a striking game. The first round was pretty pretty even. I think Gan was a little bit more active. Looked like Francis was trying to load up and, and, and uh, hit him with that right. And he wasn't timing it and he was slipping in some of his punches and he wasn't able to, uh, to get solid uh, contact against Gan. Second round comes and Gan is just like, you know, on his bike and just getting in and out and doing a good job of uh, keeping distance with Francis, keeping away from that right hand. And uh, he did a good job of mixing in some kicks and some some punches and what have you. But then the third round comes and Francis kind of flips the switch, gets a takedown in the round, a crazy slam on Gon, ends up taking top control and basically suffocating him uh, on the ground for the third round which is like a complete 180 from what people anticipated was going to happen cuz Francis up until this point had never shown off his offensive wrestling skills. He had shown off some of his defensive skills in the past, uh especially the last couple fights after the first Stepe matchup where he got out wrestled and eventually taken advantage of. Um he's improved so much in that area which a lot of us didn't even get the chance to see because he was knocking guys out in the first round so often. So, like, he didn't even get a chance to, like, really put that on display. But Gon took him to those deep waters, and he he stepped it up, man. He found another way to get it done. And so he was able to out-wrestle him. He won the third round, did the same in the fourth and in the fifth. So he won those last three rounds, which is, like, that takes some cojones to go down two rounds to nothing 
and win the last three on the judges' scorecards. That was pretty damn impressive. And he ended up out wrestling him to get the to to keep holding on to the belt and then remain as the champion. So King Francis is still uh, still on the throne, man. So you gotta give uh, gotta give credit to him. Gotta give credit to his trainers, man, because they did a hell of a job in prepping him, making him ready, giving him more tools in his toolbox that he, so he could use. So he didn't have to rely on that just that one punch knockout power, which uh, you know every once in a while is gonna fail you. So. Hats off to Francis. I can't believe he was able to get it done in the fashion that he did. He went the distance and he got a decision victory, which is not something you would have thought could be possible. <laughs> like, at least I didn't. If I thought it was going to go the distance, I thought Gon was going to win. I thought he was going to get outpoint him, which it looked like it was getting that way. But uh, hats off to Francis being able to be an all-around MMA athlete and just uh, put those skills on display, man. Because that man is an athletic freak, man. It's fucking crazy. Um, what's happening, Loose Leaf? How we doing? How we doing? What's wild though? What's crazy? What came out after the fight is that three weeks before they uh, they met in the octagon, apparently Francis had injured his right knee in training. He had apparently torn his MCL completely, and he had to damage his ACL. I think it was like a sprain or a slight tear. So the fact that he was you know able to get move around in there and do what he did is is pretty impressive uh they had to switch things up apparently he was going to try to kick a little bit more you could tell he was it was hard for him to move as much he wasn't as fluid and his, his timing was off and it looked like the first two rounds were him trying to figure that out and eventually he was just like all right i gotta find a different way to get it done so yeah man that was pretty crazy so hats off to francis and ganu um I'm rooting for you, bro. I hope you're able to get what you want and what you're demanding from that dude, Dana White, man, which uh, which has been crazy. There's been a lot of talk about how uh, he's been treating his fighters unfairly and that uh, the UFC has been reaping the benefits of all these people putting their bodies on the line. So that's been pretty fucking crazy, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's wild now is now this whole dana white versus jake paul controversy that's been happening i don't know if you guys have been reading the news and on this shit but uh there is a, a report that jake paul and some of his financial investors have invested into the endeavor company so endeavor is a part of wme which owns the ufc so apparently now jake paul owns apparently a percentage of that company so in theory in theory, apparently Jake Paul is now kind of the boss to Dana White because Dana runs the UFC and UFC is owned by WME. So now he owns shares of WME. So vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. You, you gonna get it? You gotta get it. Vis a vis. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, man. So <laughs> the both those guys have been going back and forth talking shit. Uh, right after Jake Paul beat Tyron Woodley, he's been coming to the fighters defense of the ufc going like hey man like you guys deserve to be paid more you guys deserve to be compensated a lot more and shit like that so uh we'll see what happens <laughs> like the thought though is that jake was gonna try to like create reform in the ufc from the inside out now how much shares him and his partner actually own and how big of a percentage and stake of the company that actually is and how impactful that might be who the fuck knows could this just be a lot of posturing and a lot of just being like a fuck you to Dana White. Possibly. But uh, could this be a whole bunch of nothing? 
yeah <laughs> more than likely yeah but uh but it is just it'll be interesting to see if uh jake paul can mix things up and, and put some pressure on the company to kind of like compensate their athletes better than they have at least give them some uh health insurance and all that stuff but uh this shit's wild just yesterday i think yesterday the day before jake paul released a diss record <laughs> on dana white and uh he put that shit up on YouTube, so go check that shit out if you haven't. But it, it's fucking, uh, it's kind of funny, very cringeworthy, but kind of funny just watching it, man. Just like, really, this is what's happening right now. We got a, a YouTuber turned boxer who's talking shit about <laughs> um, the uh, the head of the UFC who's uh, been reaping rewards on the backs of all these fighters for <laughs> years now. So like. Yeah, man, it's it's sad when Tyron Woodley's get got to get knocked out twice against Jake Paul to be uh to get any kind of substantial money in the fight game itself. So, yeah, man, he made more money doing those two boxing events than he did as a UFC champion. So it's like something's out of whack there. So, uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there, man. But uh, but yeah, Jake Paul versus Dana White, we'll see. That's uh. That's not a, a matchup I anticipated being something I'd be looking forward to in this year. But uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the fuck happens. Um, all right, on to boxing. Since we were talking about boxers a bit, um, I just saw this today. Tyson Fury is going to defend his heavyweight belt against Dylan White on April 23rd in the UK. That just got announced. I think both guys... Are, I know... Um, Tyson's about to get a fat paycheck. I think he's supposed to make like twenty something million dollars, twenty two, I think, in this next next bout. I think Dylan's getting around eight. So like, guys are gonna get paid money. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. It's good to see Tyson back up in uh, up in the ring, man. That guy might be the best heavyweight boxer of all time. Like, it's very well possible he might be there already. <laughs> so uh dylan white he uh he got a belt i think he beat uh alexander povetkin if i'm not mistaken i know povetkin had knocked him out in the matchup prior to that and white got his his revenge uh last time they fought so uh white's lost to who else did he lose to i think he lost to anthony joshua in the past too so I mean, he's one of those boxers who's been kind of in the mix kind of like that that level below but uh but I mean, Joshua, he doesn't have a belt right now. Alexander Usyk took his. So, hey, man, what's going on in the heavyweights? I don't know. I still think Fury's number one overall, but like, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what shakes out in the rest of uh, 2022. So, so that'll be a matchup to look forward to. It's happening the day before my birthday. So, what's up? What's up, Taurus gang? How y'all doing? Hey, 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 hey. Um, what else? What else happened? Uh, let's see. Oh. We got some news on the lower, uh, what is this? What is it? The lower weight classes? Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, Demetrius Andraj, uh, Boo Boo Andraj, Andraj, I think is it Andraj, Andraj, Andraj. Yeah. And pronunciations. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, hey, what's up? Hola, Tami Tam. How we doing? Um, just talking boxing news right now. Yeah, Demetrius Andraj. He's a he had a belt at 160 pounds, middleweight, and he's going to move up to 168 pounds to challenge Canelo Alvarez, apparently. 
So I think he's got to, he's fighting a guy named Zach Parker who uh, has one of the belts, WBO belts, the international belt. I don't know what the fuck. They have a million and a half belts out there. But So if he beats Parker, he's in line to be the mandatory challenger to Canelo. So that's his plan. Beat this guy Parker and then challenge Canelo Alvarez in the future this year. So um, Canelo is jumping up. I think he's fighting a cruiserweight, which is like 195, 192, somewhere around there. Um, don't quote me. But uh, yeah, so Canelo is like fighting as try to be number one overall, um, overall fighter pound for pound. I think he's up there. I know I would put him in my top three, top five. Tyson might be up there too. And then um, who's the other guy? Uh, Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford. Oof, that last fight that he had, that was, uh, that was something. 3D knockout. And beat sean porter that's who he beat that was a pretty impressive fight on crawford's part but uh yeah i'd say those three guys are in the mix for me personally i don't know how y'all feel i don't really care <laughs> that sounded shitty like maybe i do care i don't know but but yeah boxing game's wild so we'll see what's happening there um the other sports news, uh, Novak Djokovic has a bunch of drama going his way. Uh, he was going to play in the Australian Open, then he wasn't going to play in the Australian Open, and then he was, and then now he didn't. And so, who knows what's going on. Um, yeah, so he hasn't been vaccinated. Apparently, he had tried to apply for uh, different exemptions. Um, but Australia is very stringent on who they let into the country. And they required a vaccine, uh, people to be vaccinated. He flew into the country and then uh, thought that he had some exceptions. It was going to get the okay to play there. But apparently he had lied on his uh, information saying that he, because I think he had gotten COVID like a couple weeks prior. And he had mentioned that he wasn't out and about, but he had done like public interviews and had done some public outings. So he, so he kind of lied about like, you know, being kind of not quarantined, but just, uh, his contact with everybody else and whatnot prior to, uh, flying into Australia. So, uh, so yeah, he got his ass kicked out he got, uh, deported, I guess, technically, I don't know, but, uh, we had to leave the country. He wasn't able to play in the tournament and now it looks like Rafael Nadal has a chance to win if he wins the australian open then he leapfrogs him and gets to 21 grand slams and takes the lead over because it's like nadal federer and Djokovic are all tied with 20 right now so if nadal wins he's ahead of him and then uh, i don't know if Djokovic is gonna play the rest of the year because of this whole thing the french open is the next major tournament which is nadal's like bread and butter he's really good on the clay surface and uh but yeah Djokovic apparently it's it's questionable as to whether he's going to play there because now they have more stringent rules about people coming in and out and needing a vaccine and what have you. Uh, so yeah, he might not play in the French Open, and we'll see what happens from there. I don't know if Wimbledon will let him in, and then who knows if New York City is going to let him in to go play at the U.S. Open later in the summer. So 
if there's a chance he doesn't get to play in any of the grand slams this year and that's that's really huge for his legacy in my opinion because last year that dude was on fire he nearly got the uh the calendar slam he nearly won all four of them in, uh, in a full calendar year last year i think he came in second at the u.s open <laughs> so like he was this close to getting uh uh basically like immortalized like i think there's only been like two other tennis players who've ever done that but yeah we'll see what happens with joker we'll see we'll see what happens there um what else what else happened let's go to entertainment news let's go to entertainment shit um Y'all see what happened with Drake recently? <laughs> oh, men's is too hot. <laughs> oh man, fucking putting hot sauce in the condoms, bro. Oh man, that's that is crazy, bro. So like, there's some chick apparently who like hooked up with Drake, and uh, apparently he got done finished with his business. They had sex when he had a condom on. He apparently uh got rid of the condom uh it was in the bathroom this lady was trying to be a little nefarious trying to take the sperm that was in the condom and put it inside of her so she can get impregnated by him and yeah <laughs> make him her uh, her baby daddy which is uh pretty devilish and fucking you know god damn it man gold digging horse bro <laughs> fucking gold digging horse uh coming after the loot bro <laughs> it's fucking crazy but uh well that happened and then she didn't realize that there was apparently some tabasco hot sauce that got put into the into the condom because apparently the hot sauce kills the sperm i don't know <laughs> the, the science behind that but she took that shit put it inside her and then her coochie was burning like crazy <laughs> so she burned herself from the hot sauce and apparently Drake was laughing about this whole ordeal and this whole situation because that shit kind of funny. <laughs> That's like setting a trap for somebody to see if they're going to fuck around and then catching them fucking around and you're like, ha ha, I got you, bitch. Get the fuck out of my place. <laughs> you are not to be trusted no more. So, uh, yeah, what's crazy is like the chick was the one who reported it and put it up on her Instagram trying to make Drake look in a bad light. But like, it made him look weird, like, but if you were him, I could understand trying to be able to move like that, right? Because, you know, fucking hoes ain't loyal, man. <laughs> like, oh, man, if you're the international rap superstar like Drake is, it's like people are going to try to plot to kind of get your bread. So, like, I, I can understand where his motivation lies in trying to do that shit, but, like, fuck, bro. <laughs> like, the fact that that came out and, like, was reported now in the media and shit and everybody's been talking about that shit it's fucking wild man <laughs> um yeah shout out to the certified lover boy <laughs> god damn it man i just that made me be a little bit more of a drake fan reading that article i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie uh, i'm like damn that's a that's kind of a boss move there she's like yeah bitch she thought <laughs> you fucking thought but uh People have some other questions like, why not just fucking flush that shit down the toilet or get rid of it in some other way? But hey, man, maybe he was trying to set that trap, man. He just put that little piece of cheese out under the box and just yanked the, yank the, the stick with the rope out of it. So that's, that's kind of what he did. But uh, yeah, man. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Keeping it too spicy there. Drizzy. Whew. Man, I didn't know they liked the heat like that up in Toronto, man. Ooh, man. <laughs> All righty. All righty. What else? What else we got? Um, This was a crazy headline that I read. Daniel Radcliffe is going to play Weird Al Yankovic in a biopic. <laughs> in a biopic. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be Roku's first original biopic movie. I don't even know if Roku was making movies like that. Has Roku got that kind of money, man? Apparently. Apparently. They just got fucking Harry Potter to go play Weird Al, man. That's fucking crazy. Weird Al's career, man. That's crazy in itself. Dude. Guys made a career making parody albums. Like, what, 70s, 80s? At least the 80s, I know. As far as I know. I gotta watch the... Uh, is there a documentary coming out on Weird Al? There was like some shit, but um, yeah, that dude has been killing it. <laughs> Anytime he releases a comedy album, that shit always wins the uh, uh, the uh, what is it? The Grammy? Yeah, yeah. So he wins the Grammys in the comedy nomination, comedy category. Uh, talked to, I've heard a lot of a couple different veteran comics talk about how they've been nominated and it's like yeah anytime weird owls is up for it, you know he's gonna win it so it's like kind of playing for second place there at that point but uh daniel radcliffe gonna be playing weird owl man gonna be a lot of wigs being worn there from good old dan radcliffe but uh interesting interesting choice there we'll see we'll see how that goes we'll see it's gonna be straight to Roku, so I don't know if many people are gonna be watching that shit. But hey, if you got you Roku, hook up your boy. <laughs> Let me see that shit when it comes out. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. That's just very interesting and odd headline that I saw there. So um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, yeah, we'll go over here to the comedy. We'll go into the comedy side of things, man. So uh, there's been a couple of new specials that dropped recently on Netflix that I happened to be able to watch the last couple of days. Um, Jim Gaffigan, his comedy monster. Oh my God, dude. Yo, that was a fucking tremendous, tremendous special. Jim Gaffigan, hilarious. Well, boy, he came with some heat in this one. He still had his, you know, laughable. Uh, like his whole like cadence and shit is just like I don't know <laughs> like, like, like his whole fucking vibe he's still the same but he came with some little bit more of a uh, uh, harder subject matter man he was coming in flaming the church and religion and shit too so I was like damn dog he was cracking me up man so definitely watch, his, watch that special it was very good uh, comedy monster Jim Gaffigan's new Netflix special go watch that shit um the other one that I just saw recently was uh, Aziz Ansari's. Um, what was it? What was the name? Night Nightclub Comedian. That's what it was called. Nightclub Comedian. Which actually, surprisingly, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a shorter special. It was only like 30 minutes. The way he filmed it was pretty interesting. He He went to the Comedy Cellar in New York City and basically just did a half hour set at the end of the night and just recorded it there there was just the usual you know comedy seller environment where you got 
comic after comic after comic after comic until the night ends but uh aziz was like the special guest right at the end and performed for like another 30 minutes or so at the end of the night so you could tell the crowd wasn't necessarily like there to see aziz per se but they uh it was just like a you know normal nightclub crowd which to be honest with you was like a little refreshing because if you're a comic who's like that well established if you're going to be shooting a special and you're going to do it like in a theater or like in a club or a special event a lot of times you're getting your particular fans who already know you and are accustomed to you so like if you're going to try to make them laugh they're like more primed to laugh at the stuff that you bring up right sometimes it's not an accurate assessment of how funny you are versus if you work in a crowd that is not necessarily there to see you but if you win them over that seems like it's it's it, it's like a tougher battle but it's more rewarding or it's more like definitive like all right i'm killing in front of people who are not there necessarily to see me and they're enjoying it then you know you got something versus if you're killing in front of a, like an audience for yourself if you're that well of established of an act then it's not necessarily it might not seem as beneficial i guess i don't know i don't know or it's like not as impressive per se right so the fact that he decided to go ahead and do that was kind of cool and it kind of goes back to his roots there was like uh the film starts or the the special starts with like some like documentary style footage of him when he was like really young he says it later in the special but like an nyu student apparently filmed him going to the comedy cellar a few weeks after starting he was super baby faced and super young looking in that uh that footage so uh so yeah i mean the comedy cellar was like one of the first places he went to perform when he started doing stand-up so it was kind of cool to see him go back kind of to those roots there and uh i enjoyed it i thought it was better than his last special that he had um personally but uh i was a real big aziz fan when i like first started getting into like comedy um some of his specials off the top were like they they hit home for me man there was like pretty his type of humor kind of hits home with me man that dude i gotta say man he loves name dropping celebrities <laughs> he name dropped a shit ton of them in this last one but uh yeah this one it was cool man he got a little comfortable he's more conversational and uh some of the stuff was like anecdotal just talking about a lot of stuff that's going on in society and what have you and he had his own con controversies that was going on he had addressed it prior in this not this one but the one prior so um i i honestly enjoyed it because i saw some people who had some reviews that were kind of like eh kind of eh, little mixed reviews but uh if you were a fan of it his particular style i think you would like it so um <laughs> it was fun though it was fun i enjoyed it i enjoyed it personally um had to watch it without no damn internet access last night god damn it fuck me up but uh watch it on my tv i had to watch it on my damn phone man using my cell surface and all this bullshit so uh yeah man <laughs> that's kind of it that's kind of all of that um hold on he's in sorry perfect all right, speaking of comics, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a big shout out to a few of the legends who have passed uh, recently. Um, big RIP to Louie Anderson and Bob Saget. Um, very unfortunate that comedy community happened to lose both of them. 
within a week of each other. It was uh, it's crazy when when uh, when Bob passed away. That was uh, it struck a chord with I feel with a lot of different people because he was somebody who kind of like transcended different generations of uh, of comedy. The man started out in the eighties and eventually you know blew up from there most people know him from full house and his role there how he was uh the dad and all that but uh his comedy career was completely like a stark contrast to how he portrayed him or he was portrayed on tv he was you know the goody two shoes you know do good kind of person on on television then you go see him at the nightclub or the comedy club and he was just raunchy as hell and just like super blue <laughs> and like was like didn't give a shit about <laughs> crossing lines he, he made jokes about like getting with the olsen twins he made like reality jokes he made you know a lot of crazy shit man a lot of sexual overt stuff so like he was he was crazy, man. He was awesome. He was funny. And he's like, uh, man, he, apparently he was one of the nicest dudes ever from all the comics who I've heard, you know, eulogize him on their shows or just in interviews. It's like the man like legit tried to check up on people and, uh, was like, uh, went a little bit above and beyond what most people consider normal, correspondence with just uh hey i was thinking about you just saying sending nice messages getting on actual phone calls and talking to people for long periods of time apparently he was really gracious with his time and his efforts with uh if, uh, if you were in the comedy comedy world um i unfortunately never got a chance to meet the man so that's that's uh it's another legend who uh i wasn't able to cross paths with in my lifetime but uh r.i.p to bob saget very very special legend there um also as i mentioned louis anderson rp to him he was a very different style comic um very hilarious nonetheless and also another legend a man who did his thing from pretty much the 80s i think he was on rodney dangerfield he was on i think that's what initially blew him up was like getting on rodney dangerfield and like you got to be pretty old school to be doing that shit man to be a rodney comic man like louis that that man his lent his voice talents on a lot of different shows and a lot of different cartoons so like he'll uh he'll be remembered in that regard but uh yeah he uh he was hilarious too i know he had his own show um the heck was this louis anderson cartoon what was the name of this cartoon life with louis yeah i remember that shit that shit was that was cool but uh oh man he had that classic scene in coming to america or he's just, he he played the 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 fry cook at mcdowell's so um <laughs> yeah man shit man rp to louis rp louis anderson man that fucking sucks man yeah he did a lot of shit man oh dude i still haven't seen coming to america <sighs> R.I.P. 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 All around. Never got to meet him either. Like legend in the. Yeah, I gotta watch some more of his old clips. I was watching some old Bob's clips and got me inspired to 
think of some like really raunchy dirty jokes so i haven't tried them out yet on stage yet so i'll definitely get to that but i guess i've been inspired by louis because i've been doing more fat material (laughs) Uh, i had a couple jokes that i added to uh, a set that i did last night that uh yeah it went well surprisingly well so i'm gonna have to keep repeating that shit on stage so uh yeah that's uh that's wild. Um, yeah, I might as well talk about my comedy and what's been going on. Uh, I've been running the the Thai Angel show for the last few weeks. Um, ran our last one uh, on last Tuesday. That was the 25th. Who do we have on this show? We had Paul Antonio, Will Martinez, Kevin Mann, Miranda Meadows, Alex Brown, Foolish D, and Evan Warner. And then on the show on the 11th, we had uh, Jay Light, who's been on the Comedy Store, um, seen him all over, seen him on Roast Battle, uh, Peter Nash, the homie, uh, man, Michael Silver, Issa Medina, um, who runs a good show over at the uh, Formosa Cafe with my boy Stephen Marcus Relaford, so shout out to them, uh, and Flag, she's hilarious, Nate Welch, and the homie Zach Vetterman, so they were able to come through. Those are the last two Ty Angel shows that we threw. We also threw a show on uh, um, the 9th, this last, uh, um, uh, in January, a couple weeks back, which took place at the Pasadena Comedy. Thank you so much to all the acts who came through. Had a little bit of controversy with the venue and like helping promotion and whatnot. So I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more shows out in there. But on that show, we had a good lineup. We had Ernesto Ledesma, Brennan Weeks, Mitchell Lamar, Angela Corza, Stephen Briggs, Genesis Soul, Kurt Stein Mueller, and then uh, homegirl B. Gutierrez was able to get a drop in spot. So glad she was able to stop by for that. But uh, yeah, we didn't get his. And I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like the uh, getting people to come out to my comedy shows have been a little bit of a struggle the last couple months. Uh, uh, I don't want to necessarily blame COVID and this whole Omicron variant for for what I perceive to be lack of success in terms of getting butts in the seats. But I know that's definitely a factor in things. I know some people don't necessarily want to go out as much right now. During the wintertime, it was kind of a lot of people shutting down December, early January. January so we'll see if that how that changes and how that uh progresses as we move forward but uh damn 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 so uh we'll see we'll see what happens see what happens there um what else going on man so yeah we got one more show coming up we got we're gonna be back at campus billiards in orange county out in cyprus and yeah we got a a good lineup coming to you guys. We got uh, my boy Mario Rodriguez, uh, Tim Red, Jerry Hernandez, Ariel Solomon. Got uh, Gabby Vargas, AJ Santos, and my boy Coke. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be a fun one. We're gonna have a party out there. So it's gonna be uh, Campus Billiards in Cyprus near Anaheim, out in Orange County, and it's gonna be on Sunday. February 6th, so a week from tomorrow. So it's going to be the Sunday in between the NFC AFC Championship Games and the Super Bowl, all right? So don't miss out. We'll be dropping the flyer in the next few days, okay? So, um, yeah, come out to that. The show should be around 7, 7.30, and we're going to have a fun-ass time. It's going to be a party, bro. It's gonna, we, we're going to be raging it up. But uh, 
After that, we'll be back at Thai Angel Bar on the 8th, um, every other Tuesday. So February 8th, that'll be our next show down there in Koreatown. So yeah, we got two shows in three days. So that'll be fun to produce. But uh, aside from that, I got a couple other dates coming up as well. Um, let's see here. January. What's today? Is the 29th. Are we in February? We're almost in February. All right. I got a spot next Wednesday in Ontario. Um, let me see exactly. Bum, 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 bum. It's uh, I'll be out in Ontario. I'll send you your information once that happens. But uh, February second, this Wednesday, I'll be out there. So I will be at the Rand Theater in Hollywood on Friday, the fourth. Then let's see. Then we have our two shows, and yeah, that, I guess that's it for now. So just a couple spots, a couple other spots that are we going on. I'll be posting everything once I get updates all up on my Instagram page and what have you. So don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, give me a follow if you haven't already at Puro Caballero. Same as you see here on Twitch, wherever this is at, pa -pa -pa, down here, I think. Um, so yeah, follow our production page, Out of Breath Production. That's O-U-T-T-A-B-R-E-A-T-H-P-R-U-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. Out of Breath Productions. All one word. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram. You putting most stuff uh, all up there. We'll put the flyers once they become available. Once we get that all settled and handled. So, uh, so yeah, that's about that. Um, let me see a few other things to talk about before we get out of here. We'll talk about some space news. There's some crazy shit going on. Um, I read an article yesterday that said that scientists believe that cephalopods, octopuses, and squids—that kind of group of family of Creatures <laughs> live in the ocean. There's a chance that they could have come from space. Yeah. Scientists believe that there's a possibility that that could have happened, man. So, like, apparently some of the comp, what is it? The, uh, God damn, I forget the, what the fuck they're talking about, but it was like, uh, the way that these creatures act. I got, fuck, hold on. Let me I gotta Google this shit because it's like I'm fucking I'm fucking it up. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. Uh let's see. Squids. Oh, that was a movie. Hawaiian squid tied to UH lab visits space. All right. Hold on. Um, here we go. New scientific paper claims octopuses are actually aliens from outer space. Yeah, here we go. All right. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, because it says like, all right, they're talking about the oranges of life on Earth. It says that to a rain of retroviruses, which literally fell from space, these retroviruses then added new DNA sequences to terrestrial genomes, which the paper says further drove mutagenic changes. Um, 
All right, let's see. Um, the paper claims that certain cephalopods like octopuses, squids, and others arrived on the planet by falling from space, frozen in a kind of stasis. It's a possibility that cryopreserved squid and or octopus eggs arrived in icy bolides several hundred million years ago should not be discounted. Um, they, some of the biological features appear to have been derived from some type of pre-existence. So maybe they some of their DNA came from outer space. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, yeah, apparently this theory has kind of come out a while now but this is the first time that we have like scientists claiming that this might be an issue or this might be something i don't know are fucking squids and octopuses like um, not from this planet the way they move and shit is fucking freaky right so who knows who knows it's his only conjecture it's not uh it's not 100 legit so who the fuck knows um let's see some other space news nasa finds rocks rich in carbon on mars which makes there's, makes it seem like there's more evidence that there's possibility that there was life on the planet at some point. So as far as we know, carbon is one of the uh, footprints of like life on Earth. So it is one of the building blocks. And if you find carbon in other environments, there's a chance that life may have at some point existed on Mars. So that's kind of exciting. It's kind of nervous, but uh, yeah. Life on Mars, man, it's fucking crazy. Um, could there have been aliens there? Could there have been other creatures? Could that have been a, you know, a planet that had people? And then maybe we moved to Earth, and now we're moving back to Mars. I don't know. Is that <laughs> could there have been another uh, advanced civilization that lived out there and communicated with others? Fuck if I know. It's interesting to think about, though. It's fucking crazy. Uh, Mars is such an interesting spot, man. We got all these uh, billionaires that are trying to get their asses over there, trying to build a new civilization out there. So terraform the planet. We'll see what the fuck happens, man. We'll see. But uh, it's interesting to see and think about all this shit, man. It's like the way life is so precious and the way it... it, it uh, it lives on this planet like there's got to be some other possibilities out there where there's something similar right that's you know just just off of just the the number game right just the millions of planets that are out there there's got to be a couple right that have been ha habitable according to what we know who knows who knows who the fuck knows man there's so many questions out there man so a lot of a lot of unknown out there in the in the universe so there's a couple things to make it ponder and think about but uh man did the squids come from mars <laughs> I, don't, I don't know man i don't fucking know uh so yeah it's uh, a lot going on with me but uh yeah i think that's it man i think that's it i, I know we've just uh about almost an hour and a half into this episode thank you so much everybody who's been tuning in uh as always give us a follow on twitch at puro caballero my personal instagram is the same at puro caballero p-u-r-o-c-a-b-a-l-l-e-r-o -E um so yeah give us follows there follow the podcast page at the puro caballero show all one word no spaces um so 
yeah, you can stay abreast of all the new episodes coming up. And yeah, give us a follow everywhere. We got we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, fucking SoundCloud, you name it. So just give us a follow everywhere. And yeah, we'll stay up to date. Uh give us a follow on the YouTube page as well. Trying to get some subscribers numbers up and popping. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to get this Twitch following up as well too, man. So uh we're just trying to get we're trying to build. We're just trying to build, man. That's all we doing. That's all we doing right now. So uh yeah, this has been episode number one oh two of the Puro Caballero show. Thank you so much everybody for tuning in. Um I am your host Mario Caballero, aka Puro Caballero. And uh yeah, we'll see who playing in the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. And uh come out to my comedy shows. Come support us. Come through, come through, come through, come through, come through. And that's about it. Alrighty. Yahoo! Yahoo! We're done, folks. Y'all have a good one. Later. <laughs>